The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Let's bring in Mark Matthews. Mark is our guest. Uh, he is head of Asia Research at Julius Baer on the line from Singapore. I think we got to talk about what's going on in China, don't you, Mark? I mean, right away, it seems as though we've made not only a hard turn, but it, it would appear that there's no going back. Is, are we reading too much into this? I don't think we are, Doug. I think this is much better than what uh, anybody in the market had expected. And, in fact, after those protests, uh, which started around two weeks ago, most political analysts, most experts on Chinese politics said we were going to get a big crackdown. And uh, that didn't happen. So I think uh, there's a few things to be said. One thing is they need a more comprehensive plan. This whole thing seems to be done willy-nilly, and it's up to each city to decide and uh, so it's very messy. Um, then again, if I remember the reopening after COVID in various other parts of the world, it was not dissimilar. Um, and then how do the authorities deal with the inevitable outbreaks? Um, that's another question. And uh, how, to, how do consumers and businesses react to, to this new environment that, that uh, they, they, you know, it's been a long time since they could operate freely. So uh, are, how are they going to react to getting COVID? How are they going to react right. to getting vaccines? So all that, uh, I think, is in front of us. But I just think back to my own experience here in Singapore, um, where they were very tough, frankly, until about eight months ago. And then they suddenly lifted it all. They just got rid of all the border controls and the mask wearing and everything. And it took a couple of months, but we're basically back to normal now here. And I think China can achieve that, too. Hey, Mark, Steve Engel here. You know, China does work uh, a little bit differently than the rest of the world, as we've seen. Uh, I mean, there's been false dawns on the reopening of China before. Uh, what, what should the investors take be on this time around, uh, given that there, there could be risk that these moves coming just so quickly after those protests were simply to mollify the, the protesters and that COVID zero is still going to be in place, especially as you alluded to, the winter COVID season could be bad. Steve, I actually think you know a lot more about China than me, so I, I shouldn't <laughs> give you an answer. I'd rather hear what you think. But uh, no, I think that they've. it looks to me, and, and uh, I have no inside information on this, I, I just think it looks like they've made a big decision. Um, and all the things I see coming out of China point to that. Uh, I mean, I... I remember seeing something somebody posted on Twitter over the weekend, uh, the Guangzhou Tower, the Canton Tower, the tallest building in Guangzhou, and a big sign at the top saying, your your own health is your own personal 
responsibility. Um, so um, I, I think uh, this is a real change, and I don't think they're going to uh, back down. Okay, so there's if we, a risk they do, but I don't think they will. Okay, let let's kind of work from that basis. Then, do you put money to work now in China? I mean, in an aggressive way, or do you want to dip your toe into the water? I think you do. I think Hong Kong is still very battered and cheap. It's on 0.8 times book, and it was as low as 0.65, but I don't think the Hang Seng should be below one time. So I think there's 20% upside in Hong Kong, at least, and I think that could happen very quickly. It could happen before the end of this year. Uh, Mark, globally, how are you looking at what the Fed might do or might not do? I mean, that... uh that unexpected services reading gave some, uh, you know, <laughs> wind in the sails of those who saying that uh, inflation is still pretty strong and that the Fed is going to tackle it at all costs. Well, that's right, Steve. And, and you add on the strong wage growth uh, that came out on Friday for November. But I think it's a good thing that um, the service side of the economy is strong, that uh, wages um, are rising, because it means if there is a recession, which of course, a lot of models suggest there will be in the United States that it'll be a mild one. So um, I actually view both those data points as positives. And in Powell's speech last week that he gave on Wednesday, I believe, um, he talked about inflation expectations for the first time uh, since August 2020, because since August 2020, he's been telling us that they can't forecast inflation in this environment and they have to rely on hard data. So the fact that he's talking about expectations again, I think is very encouraging. I think it means they're not going to wait for that elusive 2% before they pause and before they stop. Mark, you've been around markets for a long time, and I'm wondering whether or not this notion of inflation remaining at elevated levels for some time may be at risk of coming undone, and that there is perhaps some probability that we could see a sharp drop in the level of inflation. I mean, maybe the China reopening is a part of that story. Maybe we get some shift in the winds of war in Ukraine in the new year. Could we see a sharp deceleration, an abrupt deceleration in the rate of inflation? Uh, Doug, you're making it sound like I was around back in the early 80s, which (laughs) I wasn't. I was in high school. But I used to go down and visit my uncle, who was a stockbroker, and I would hear the foulest language that he and his colleagues would use to describe. Let's dispense uh, with what language. Give me the model. Does it work? I I won't give you the language, but I'll just say, yes, we are much more optimistic than the consensus. We think inflation is going to really cool down fast. We're looking for about three, three and a half by this time next year. And actually, if you plug in the current market uh, data for the rental market in the United States, the core CPI would be about 3%, uh, not 6%. So we all know that um, the the rents are coming down very fast in America, and uh, intuitively uh, that's going to show up in the PCE and the CPI readings. I come back to the China opening up story. Doesn't that potentially stoke inflation, commodity inflation? Yeah, you'd think so. Um, but we uh, actually see a, a large surplus of oil um, that um, we think is enough to counteract that. They have lots of coal in China, and I don't think they're going to risk uh, their recovery if they really are going to get a strong economic recovery, which, by the way, I should say, I, I think it's not going to happen overnight. It, it will take them a while uh, to get 
back, uh, you know, uh, to to where they were before. So anyway, long uh, story short, uh, we think commodities go lower, not higher. And um, we think there's more than enough of them around the world, including yeah, energy commodities. Uh, speaking of energy, it's curious. I think Reuters was reporting earlier in the week that uh, Xi Jinping is uh, headed to Saudi Arabia, and he will arrive in Riyadh on the 7th, which I think is in about a day from now, and ostensibly to talk about the energy situation. Uh, Mark, 30 seconds, uh, less than that, 15. Give me your best idea for a trade today. Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong's got a lot more to go. It's uh, still trading at distressed prices, and it should not be. Before the protests in 2019, it had never gone below one times book, even in the Asian crisis, uh, even in SARS, even in the global financial crisis. Um, I think uh, that's the best place right now. Mark Matthews says, buy Hong Kong. Thanks, Mark. Mark is the head of Asia Research at Julius Baer, joining us here on Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.